We are going out of town this week, but before we leave, we want to get you at least one or two quick how-to tips. First of all, it is fall right now. Leaves are falling. You have to rake them up. It's really inconvenient. There must be a better way. Mike here has a tip. Well, I kind of had an idea. I was sitting there um, Sunday waiting for football, and I was like, huh, I should go sweep the leaves. Uh, so I went out there with uh, my little broom sweeping around, and then my broom broke on me. And uh, I had just recently got a drone, and so I got frustrated, went inside, and brought it out and started sweeping. So you, tell us how this works. So you, you flew the drone, and then how did that, how'd that sweep the leaves? Uh, well, just with all the propellers going, it creates a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to, what you want to call it, uh, just a whole bunch of air is going down the blast. Yeah. And so it just pushes the leaves to the side, wherever it's hovering, and so... As I started flying around, it just kind of carefully, it was like I was hurting leaves. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you, you got to stay inside, and your drone blew off all the leaves. The drone raked the leaves. Yeah, yeah. Just pushed them all off to the side, and it, was, and it did a really good job, too. And when, when you were done and you had the big pile of leaves, did you let the drone jump into the leaves? I debated it, but I didn't want any leaves getting stuck into it, so I, I put it back in its home. Do you think you will ever rake leaves in the traditional way again? After this, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Well, Mike, thank you so much for giving us this great uh, tip for cleaning up leaves. Yeah, my pleasure. It is the the creepiest, spookiest time of the year. That's why we're playing these sound effects. It's Halloween. It's Halloween time when scary things happen. Oh! Maybe you're waiting for the elevator and that one guy is also waiting for the elevator too and you have to talk to him. Yeah, and all you ever talk about is sports and you haven't really been following the team this year. <laughs> uh, also, another scary thing is uh, being buried alive. And our producer, Nadia, has uh, be- become pretty obsessed with, with this. She's done some research about it. So, Nadia, you were saying being buried alive is something people used to actually worry about a lot. Yeah, people were super scared of being buried alive, especially in, like, the 18th and 19th centuries. Uh-huh. Um, some really, really smart people were scared of being... Alfred Nobel was terrified of it. Really? hmm Why were they so afraid of it? So, there are a few reasons. You know, medicine wasn't very advanced. Uh, they didn't have stethoscopes, for example. And did was this happening a lot, that people were, be, were being buried alive? It wasn't happening as much as people feared it was. Okay. There were a few incidents. And then this one French doctor wrote a book about it that was a, a complete sensation. Uh-huh. And the book basically said there's no way for anybody to tell you know, the doctors can't tell that anybody's dead. The only way to tell is if they're putrefying. So basically, it sounds like in the 18th and 19th century, being buried alive to the people then was kind of like being attacked by a shark is to us now, where it doesn't really happen that much, but we're all afraid of it. Exactly. So what did they do then? So how did they prevent themselves from being buried alive? First of all, they wanted to make sure that they were dead. So Bruyer, the doctor who wrote the book, had a few really great suggestions. One of them was poking somebody really hard with a pencil. (laughs) Just a regular pencil. Just a regular pencil. Um, Another way is like sticking a nail under somebody's nail. Yeah. These all sound so terrible. Uh, My favorite is um, 
putting live insects in somebody's ear. Oh, man. Um, all of these things sound like something like a really mean like sibling would do. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Okay, so they tried to, to make sure people were dead. But what they took measures to that if somebody thought you were dead and you weren't, you still had a chance, right? Yes. So one thing they did in Germany uh, is they had these death hospitals, which were almost as big as hospitals for the living. They were just filled with corpses. So when you died, you would go to this hospital with, as far as I can understand, just glass rooms filled with rows and rows of corpses in these beds. And there would be people walking around sort of monitoring the corpses to see if they were rotting. Uh, Because the whole thing is... You know, the only way to tell that somebody is actually dead is if they're putrefying. Wow. So worst job ever. So to these corpses, to their um, to their fingers and their toes, they had strings tied that were attached to little bells. Um, wow. Yeah. And they were called death hospitals. Hospitals for the dead, death hospitals. I mean, that would be a terrible name for a normal hospital. That would be the last place you would want to be taken. Um. One of my favorite things that they did in England in these is they put a glass pane over the bodies Mm -hmm. and on it they wrote in silver nitrate, I'm dead. But silver nitrate is sort of like an invisible ink kind of thing. So it is activated by something in the decomposing bodies. So it's invisible until the the gases yeah. emanating from the corpses kind of interact with the silver nitrate. And so once the person has putrefied enough, it will say on the pane above them, I'm dead. That's fantastic. That's when they know. What did they do with the dead bodies? I think they just buried just them. Just buried them. Yeah. I mean, so beyond these death hospitals, there are other ways. You could also elect or your family could have you buried in a special coffin. And there were a few options. So what were those? So the earliest version had a rope attached to the corpse's wrist. And that rope was attached to the church bell in the cemetery, which seems like a really long rope yeah. and, and quite a tug, you uh-huh. know. Um, so, so if the person wakes up, and it's dark in a coffin, right? So that's why they had it tied around their wrist. So if they wake up, they can give it a tug and it'll ring the church bell and... Whoever is hanging out in the graveyard can dig them up. Okay, so uh, are there are there more sort of safety coffins? Yeah, so they improved upon the church bell idea. They had sort of a smaller bell under a little roof outside of the coffin um, that you could also ring with a rope. One uh, Russian coffin inventor had one that was let's see, it was it was a bell. And a flag popped up <laughs> and a chute opened. His name wow. was Karnicki, <laughs> Count Karnicki. And uh, so he just went all out. One of the ideas uh, was that you would bury people with a trumpet. <laughs> just like in the coffin yeah. with them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so wait, you would blow the trumpet to let, you're still, I'm not dead. Blow the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And, and my very favorite is that you could be buried with a button in your coffin that you would press to set off a firecracker in the churchyard. Wow. That's fantastic. So celebratory. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would be. We, we've been talking about Germany and England. We, were people freaked out about it here in the U.S.? 
yeah, it definitely caught on in the U.S. So the first American security coffin uh, also had a bell. And I talked to uh, John Bondison, who's a doctor at the University of Cardiff um, and also writes about this stuff. And this one had a bell as well. So the prematurely buried person could ring the bell or alternatively climb up a tunnel connected with uh, one side of the coffin. If he wasn't too obese, of course, then he would get stuck. Wait, so they would have a tunnel? So every grave would have a tunnel escape hatch? Yeah. Well, everyone with that feature. Oh, okay. You pay extra for that feature. Uh, So I asked Dr. John Bondison uh, if we're still making safety coffins, and apparently we are. Uh, Rich Americans who have feared premature burial have been buried in special vaults that have been equipped with a telephone mm-hmm. so they could give give people a ring to say that hello you were a little quick to bury me could you dig me up please wow i was shocked by how by how polite john imagined they would be yeah hello <laughs> you were a little quick to bury me well nadia this is really fun thank you yeah thank you Today's sponsor is MakeSpace for people who dream about having a bigger closet and never want to visit a storage unit again. MakeSpace is like having an infinite closet, a closet that never ends. Here's how it works. MakeSpace picks up your stuff for free and they take it to storage for you. And they bring it back whenever you want. And now MakeSpace is giving all listeners $50 of free storage. Just schedule a pickup at makespace.com or download the MakeSpace app and enter promo code EVERYTHING. Have you ever met anyone whose dream was having a bigger closet? I used to have a recurring dream about having a bigger closet. I have a recurring dream where there's a cat in my basement, and I don't know how it got there. And other people in my family have the same dream. And in my dream, I go down into the basement to get the laundry, and I see a cat. (laughs) And even as an adult, the first thing, I, even as an adult, I scream out loud because <laughs> I'm so scared, and I don't know how that cat got down there. It's a, it's a, it's not even like a, I don't even know. It's like a stray cat, but it's in the basement and it doesn't belong there. Just schedule a pickup at makespace.com or download the Makespace app and enter promo code everything. Well, that does it for this week's show. What'd you learn, Ian? I, I learned that um, people used to take great measures to keep from being buried alive. There were escape hatches and trumpets and bells, fireworks. Yeah, it does seem like that um, being dead or being close to dead could be an opportunity for a lot of fun. I think the worst luck you could have as a human being would be um, to be buried alive on the 4th of July. Yeah, because who would know? Yeah, they just think, ah, uh, some kid over at the graveyard. Yeah. No need to go over there and investigate that someone might have been buried alive. Yep, and why, how funny that we scheduled our jazz fest on 4th of July weekend. Yeah. What a mistake. How to Do Everything was produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Candace. You know, we uh, probably shouldn't have buried Candace. We had to check, though. We just had to test all these ideas that Nadia brought. Sorry, Candace.
Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And you can visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks.